Life is an interesting journey. You never know where to take you. Peaks and valleys, twists and turns. Welcome to your next chapter. Regardless of what chapter you're in, success begins with taking ownership of the life you have. I guess I had to go to that place to get to this one. Taking back your life begins with understanding what mindsets you're operating with. In this podcast, I deconstruct the mindsets of coaches, entrepreneurs, and social influencers to provide you with the skills and mindsets to own and dominate your next chapter. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show today. If this is your first time listening, well, welcome. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different than what you're used to. And what I mean by that, today's episode is a collaborative episode. With me, I have Paul Lamb and Calvin Simpson. This episode is about three guys who took a shot on their dreams and how that journey is unfolding for us. The one thing the three of us have in common in the last two years, all three of us have started a podcast and we talk about how that journey is unfolding for us and different reasons why we decided to get into podcasting. A little backstory for you guys. The three of us recently were in a mastermind group headed by Jay Wong, and he was helping us to understand how to build out the back end of our podcast and how to keep growing our audiences and how to make more money from our podcast. And so we met online for four months. We had weekly calls. We're from all over Canada. We decided at the end of these four months that we really got to know each other and that we decided we wanted to come to Toronto for an event. And so what we did is we got an Airbnb and we came to Toronto for an event. And on the last day, we decided to record this podcast and share our journeys about what it's been like leaving our stable professions to get into being online entrepreneurs and how that journey is unfolding for us. And so without further ado, here is the very different, funny, energetic, collaborative episode between Paul, Calvin, and myself. And we're live, ladies and gentlemen, through a podcast. We got Paul Lamb here, Calvin Simpson, and myself, Paul Zerpinski, and we're going to be jamming. Paul, you want to uh, do quick intros? Everyone do a quick 60 seconds around, and then we'll uh, go from there. Okay, what's going on, guys? Um, Paul M from Catpunchers Podcast. Um, I run a podcast about, you know, helping frustrated individuals who are working a corporate nine to five job to find clarity, purpose, and passion, and just go off and building the life of, you know, that that they've always wanted, right? So, yeah, quick, um, quick intro about that. Yeah, Calvin Simpson run a company called Happel, which helps authors self-publish. Also have a podcast called Life Through the Eyes of a Smile. It's all about going out there, finding high performers financially, as well as people who are having a ton of fun in their life. My name is Phil Sprinsky. I run a podcast called Your Next Chapter and really built the podcast for millennials. Got tired of people complaining about their lives and even looking at my own life where I was struggling and I focus on finance, relationships, and the relationship with yourself, really loving yourself, self-love. And so I've interviewed some amazing people and I love what I do. And that's what I stand for. You got to do what you love because life is short. How, you know, I really want to like go and like take this right away. I want to know like, you know, how, how, talk about like how we all know each other and everything, right? And how, how what's like, what's been our like greatest win so far? Because like, this is like the first time we've gone together, like living in one place. Me, me and Philip have gone together a few times, but you know, like this is like the first time we've actually like got an Airbnb and like we just like chilled together. It was really good. Um, so yeah, so, Calvin, 
Yeah, well, what was it, four or five months ago? Four months ago now, we all met through friend Jay Wong, all in a mastermind together. And yeah, I live in Calgary. Phil and Paul live in Toronto and decided to come out for a visit. And I always find it interesting. Um, there's so many people even meeting last night where you see their Instagram stories, you see their Facebook lives, you see their Facebooks. I mean, we're doing a video chat at least a week. And you start to know these people online, but you've never met them before in person. And when you picked me up in the airport today, I don't know, it's well, yesterday. It felt like I've known you for so long, good friends already, and we've never met in person before. So that was pretty cool. And just to give people some context, we were in this mastermind group where we did calls basically every single week, every Thursday. And so we'd meet on Zoom, basically this platform, very similar to Skype, and we'd chat for an hour. And it felt like I knew each other, like we were brothers, we'd talk on the phone, you were in Thailand, I was talking to you through Facebook. Yeah. And so you get to know people who we had never actually met in person. Me and Paul had a little bit more people closer. We had never met Calvin before, and it had been four months. So you decided to fly out to Calgary to see Jason Gagard speak last night. And yeah, it's amazing to get everyone together. And we really want to have a podcast about that and just share our experiences last little bit to talk about even getting together, meeting people through an online community, what that's like, and that's what we're doing this for today. Love it. Because, and you know, I've always found it like, you know, it's so true, right? Even, it's, it's kind of cool in today's world that we're all connected, even though we're far across the world and stuff. Um, I was in Thailand and, you know, and, and, and Calvin was in Calgary and, you know, we're all meeting up every week for masterminds. And it was just a good thing. It's, it's true. We get to know each other. It's cool. It's like when you finally meet in real life, it's like, holy crap. Like, you know, I, I'm sitting here with Calvin Simpson and like Phil Sprinsky here and it's so cool because you feel like you've known them. And that's the power of the internet, right? So it's, it's, it's cool because we, we, we all run podcasts and we have like this common thing now. So like, you know, I really want to talk about like, you know, how like we, the whole purpose of like coming together yesterday is for an event that James hosting and uh, just to see Jason Gaynard. Jason Gaynard's overall like speech, like, you know, like the, the whole speaking mission was just amazing, but the cool thing is like networking aspect. So before we go, they're going to hijack the podcast. Yes. Because my idea was to do a quote from this book to lead off the podcast. <laughs> Um, it's a book called Do the Work by Stephen Pressfield, the guy I love. So I'm going to force the guys to go down the path. Anyway, so I'm going to read a quote, and we're all going to jam with this quote for a little bit. The opposite of fear is love. Love of the challenge, love of the work, the pure joyous passion to take a shot at our dream and see if we can pull it off. So I'm going to say we're all three of us are taking a shot at our dream. Let's just talk about that really quickly. Like, how is that going for you the last, like, few months? Like, Taking a shot. Let's get into it. And this is what you want to know. When you go for your dream, what the fuck's it like? So we're going to go for it. Oh, my gosh. Like, you know, for me, like, it was just super, super, like, I, you guys know this, but, um, you know, four months back, I was actually working for a corporate job selling insurance. And, man, I was, I was so frustrated and tired. I was, like, done with my job. I was, like, you know, not into it anymore because, like, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to live my, the next 40 years of my life working all the time, going to the same, like driving the same commute and driving home, stuck in traffic. And it was just, you know, the more I got into it, the more I was, was listening to podcasts, I thought to myself, why not me? Like, why not me? Why not? Why, why am I, why am I doing this? Why can't I just go out and chase my dreams and everything? And I said, one day I just finally clicked. It's like, you know, why not? Like, I can do that. Let's do this. Let's see what happens. Let's take care of everything and risk it all and go. So I just, you guys know this already, but I booked and I went to Thailand and I went to, you know, just experience the digital nomad lifestyle. And honestly, I just, just never looked back and said, this is amazing. How was that day when you left the nine to five? 
<laughs> it was it was super scary because like you're leaving like a steady paycheck and basically risk like just bending yourself. And like that is the scariest part, right? Because it's just the, the fear of the unknown is the scariest part. Because you just don't know what's gonna happen, right? And you're so safe and secure. But I, I, I thought about the worst case scenario, it really helped me a lot and helped people resonate with this. But like I thought about the worst case scenario that isn't really that bad. I thought to myself, if I go to Thailand and if this doesn't work, I just lose money basically and, and come back and I can always work another nine five job and get that money back and stuff, right? But the thing is like I'll gain more experience and stuff, right? That's gonna help me in the long run and close my life, right? So it's it was like no brainer. And for me it was really about the principle of regret and not having any regret. With my job, I was working a similar nine to five. Mm-hmm. I was working at a investment firm. I was in sales. I was making like $70,000, living in a downtown condo, a beautiful life. I had pool my building, a hot tub. Like everything was going well. But I knew that I wasn't fully satisfied. Like my fulfillment levels wasn't loving what I was doing. And so I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to regret not going after my dream is what it comes down to. And it's like, I can live with starting a podcast, it not working out, if it fails and crashes and burns, I can accept that. But what I can't live with is not taking a shot at it, right? Because I can go back in two or three years to the investing world and go back to sales. Like, I know I can sell. I know I can fall back that skill set. So there's really no risk if you're saying there's no real downside. I'm just playing with time. And for me, I know I don't want to do the 40 or 50 when I have kids and I'm married and all that stuff. I have none of those things right now. So for me, it's more about not having any regrets. And that's the big thing. When you're living with you no know, regrets, you can make choices a lot quicker and prioritize things because if you're looking at from the landscape of time, it makes you, it allows you to make choices a lot easier from my point of view. Yeah, for sure. I mean, time, a couple things fall in mind here. Time, fear of the topic. Um, we have so much time left. So much time left. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this guy's the fucking youngest of all of us. He doesn't look at it, but he is. What are you trying to say, man? <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't see him, but he's like six foot four and like looks like a giant. But yeah, so we have all man here, Mr. Yum Yum Ridley. Yeah. Oh, that was a good story from last night. We'll have to get into that one for sure. I, I guess we're going to have to now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to. Paul's sure. official is a hashtag of sexy Paul, so we're going to have to share this uh, story that's going down here. So we're all last night having a good time and uh, looking for some street meat on the Toronto streets. And this is like 12.30 a.m. after yeah. the event. We had, we had just gone to a bar. We had a couple of drinks. A lot of people from the event went there. We're just networking and sharing ideas and just falling through the event. And then we want to get food. So we're looking for street meat, which we couldn't find. <laughs> so Paul gets a great idea to go to Chinatown. To go to like a nice pho restaurant and because um, <laughs> he's Vietnamese, he loves his Asian. I, I don't, I don't want to. Okay, you guys can keep going. <laughs> when we walk in there, and Paul tells us he's never been there before. But as soon as we walk in, the reception Paul received, I don't know, man. I still think you're a VIP customer. So. <laughs> this nice older guy was it pink hair? Yeah, yeah. He had did he even have like a ponytail, a man bun? I thought he had a little bit of man bun. He had the man bun. Yeah. <laughs> He's an older guy, yeah, 60s, late 50s, yeah, something like that. So we sit down at the table, and he immediately comes up, and where do you ask you if you're from, Vietnam, or... Yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, are you Vietnamese or, or, or Chinese? I'm like, oh, uh, Vietnamese, and, uh, oh my gosh. And then he says, yum, yum. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> as he's... <laughs> 
one of my favorite parts. So after that, we start laughing, and yeah, we're, we're still not sure that that was your first time there, Paul. Because you have a pretty big smile on your face, you know, it feels good to get those compliments. <laughs> he brings out Paul's meal, and it's in the big dish. He says, oh, a big dish for a big boy. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if everything's big. <laughs> Paul <laughs> oh, chose the right spot last night for food, that's for sure. Yeah. Honestly, that was not planned, guys. That was just <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. What do you guys think about the event itself yesterday? Like, what, what's it, what your thoughts and stuff? Like, um... Yeah, so I've seen Jason speak before, and I think it was just cool how we actually, like, after this mastermind, we were together online for four months, and we all got to know each other through Zoom. Uh, Skype like platform and it's just cool that you came all the way from Calgary to meet up and so it was a great event I think the turnout was amazing we taught Jason to speak and so I think the most important thing is just like you know when you invest time into relationships and then being able to meet face to face is so critical mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like whenever I go to these kind of events it's like such a fast paced environment I feel like there's no you know, time to like really get to know someone like how we always like focus on that goal um, it was such a fast paced environment so I always like whenever I network and stuff and tips for everybody there, like I always just let them know, like, hey, you know what? I know this is like this is a quick pace environment. I would let's just chat, let's connect later on and we'll chat about this and like you know after that event and stuff. People appreciate it more that way. Yeah, for sure. And we were just on we'll hop on Facebook in the morning and there was a gentleman who actually runs the events and say he's a very good networker himself. I mean, if you're out of these events, you meet people all up the next day, put a bit of relevancy in there of what you talk about. So yeah, no, it was a cool event for sure. And the cool thing what Paul just said there about if you're saying you go to a networking event and say it's a very fast paced event, it gives you permission to move on to the next person. That might sound ridiculous, but it's one of those things where you're at a networking event, you probably want to talk to five or six people, and sometimes you get stuck in a conversation that you don't want to be in forever, right? You can kind of talk to somebody, and it's just like, hey, was, you can say, hey, I was nice chatting with you. I want to go say hi to this person. Um, let's add you on Facebook, and you can just wrap it up there, right? So when you kind of like zoom in on it, it's kind of what we call it in the um, social world. That way you give yourself context and permission to be able to move on. And like, when you're networking, you don't want to be with the same person. The whole point is to network, meet as many people as possible, build some shallow relationships, and then you can take those shallow relationships and deepen them on your own time and terms. And so really it is kind of like how many touch points can you get? So I kind of like that idea where it's just like, you know, just say it's a fast-paced event, right? It's going to be... And then you can get out of the conversation. You know, a lot of people struggle with that. Just like, how do you end the conversation? Like, you feel obligated to be talking to somebody. So, I like that, Paul. Good tip. That's what I do. What <laughs> that's, that's how we do it. You don't just get quiet and slowly walk away. Don't even want to talk to them. Awkwardly moonwalk to like the next day. Yeah. Hey, that's where you start eye beating away. <laughs> you invite someone else in, you pair them up, and then you leave. It's just like I did with you. That's where the weekend comes in. Your partner in crime. <laughs> <laughs> there are many ways to skin a cat, let's be honest. Oh man. What, um. Calvin, what are your thoughts on the event? I'm curious to know. Yeah, I mean, it was a good event. Uh, the biggest thing for me is to come out and meet people I've never seen before. Um, events, event, right? It's, it's cool. Jason speaking, obviously, he's had, uh, well, a couple businesses he's had before, and that is the plot. <laughs> um, well, he was talking a bit about he was making that 350k year. He had a local store here where he was selling tickets. And he had a massive crash where he went 125k in the hole and just a whole bunch of mindset work, almost driving his car into a barricade, ending his life. Pretty amazing to hear that story. And then him where he's at now with his business, which is highly based around relationships, mastermind talks. One of my big takeaways from that, from business as well as a life perspective, is he really focused back on that customer 
experience or just being there for your friends, compare it down to that, showing up for them when they need, giving them a phone call when they're not expecting it. And it's such simple advice and we hear it all the time, but that's the stuff that you need to hear over and over because it is simple. Relationships, whether they're in business or they're your friends, mm-hmm. it's very simple. You <laughs> give them a call, you let them know you appreciate them, you say thank you. It doesn't have to be these big extravagant things per se. Like even sending a book to a client, like um, Jay, he sent us all the books around Christmas time. Yeah. That for me was one of the best feelings of wow, you know, like you sent me a book, there's a little note in it. I wasn't expecting that. I didn't have- <laughs> oh yeah, no, I was joking. Yeah. Got back. Was joking. <laughs> Sorry, bro. I'm just kidding. It's a time to decide. So I got it. But Akeem, good to see you, Matt. Thanks for commenting. Akeem does some mean suits. I nice. mean suits. Matt, but what I really resonated the most yesterday with Jason was that you know what he was in like quarter million dollars in debt and just kept going, right? Like how, like for me, like I was just thinking, I was trying to put myself in his place, right? I get the whole entire like suicidal, like, you know, maybe not like run into the barricade. Like, I, I, you know, imagine all that pressure now, and you're risking everything. Sometimes, like, you know, this is what an entrepreneur really is all about, I would say, because you really have to test yourself and push yourself beyond your limits, right? Like, I just imagine being, like, a quarter million dollars today. I'm in debt now, and I'm already feeling the pressure. It's not even nearly as close as it, but, like, I'm just like, I need to keep going. It's like, there are people... Yeah, it's just it's like this one vision that you have where where only you can see kind of deal, right? And then you have people like you know, I don't know, like Well, even that. going back to Stephen Pressfield and resistance, right? Like so the book that we were just quoting, this guy's big on the constant resistance. And it doesn't matter what you do, it's like you're gonna have build resistance. For you it's death, right? It's like do I yeah. keep going or not? Yeah. And so I think a very important thing to remember is that I always, I'm a yoga guy, and so like, I think of life, like, you're on your yoga mat, and the big principle in yoga is like, you don't compare yourself to anybody else in the room, it's like, you're on your own journey, and a lot of the information is out there, like, how to succeed as an entrepreneur, like you were saying with the advice, and it's just really about, can you take that and go on your own path and on your own journey and follow that, because we're all going to resist certain things, it's all going to be scary and fucking turbulent at times, whether it's death, whether it's lack of confidence, or you fear like how people are going to look at you when you quit your job. There's so many things going on in a play here. And so just really being able to overcome our own emotions as well to do that because that's a challenging part. And so we're all on our journey. We all have very similar experiences. And it's like, but can you navigate through that? And that's a challenge, right? It's kind of like the ideas are out there, but can you execute on them? Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest thing. So whether you're in debt or not, like, yes, you're going massive debt, right? But it's just like you keep going. That's the biggest thing. speak yesterday, one of his big issues was low self-worth. When I hear fear, and this is completely stolen, it's all great things are stolen. Mm-hmm. But I feel like just put that caveat in there. <laughs> fear, and I really, really enjoyed this look on fear because it really resonated with me and I see it definitely as true to a lot of people. When you have fear about something, a lot of the time it's just low self-worth. Is why would you ever fear something if you knew you could do it? Right. A lot of the time it boils down to, I don't think I could do it, having second thoughts, maybe I'm not good enough which we heard a lot of that yesterday. I'm sure people can really relate to this. I'm scared because I don't think I can do it. So fear, to me, really boils a lot down to that lower self-worth. I mean, there's so many people out there that have it, and it's great to hear Jason share yesterday, not only from the perspective of he was going to drive his car to the barricade and end his life, but looking from the outside, having this massively successful mastermind talks, we bringing together some of the brightest minds, Tim Ferriss in there, 
And even he himself saying, you know what, I don't think that I can do this stuff. Having that low self-worth, that was a real cool message to share. And yeah, for me, fear a lot of the time just does boil down to low self-worth of, you know what, I don't think I can do it, therefore I'm scared. Whereas if you remove the, I don't think I can do it, and you hop in and say, hell yeah, I'm going to get this done, what's what's the reason of fear? Well, it's interesting because I was just journaling last week, and there's something that came up for me, and, and I asked myself something like, what do you want, and really articulate these ideas. And then I'm like, I don't know what I want. And I'm like, well, is that really true? I'm like, or is it that I don't believe that I can have the things that I do want? So I don't pursue what I want because I don't believe I can have it. So deep down, I do know what I want, but I'm just not willing to go after. And this just goes back to belief, right? If you believe in yourself, like you know what you want because then it's like the ceiling just goes much higher. You can go after that. But a lot of times it's I don't know what I want. I think what they're saying, from my point of view, is like they don't believe they can have what they want. And so it all goes back to self and it's like, how do you navigate that inner critic, the demon in your head saying, like, I'm not good enough, I can't do this. But it goes down to Paul Land just threw on his uh, Facebook Live and two Facebook Live now, which camera do I look at? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, well, it's in, so self-worth, I mean, that's a huge topic. So how do you move past that? How do you build that self-worth, right? Because uh, it's easy to look at and be like, you know what, you know what the solution to this is? It's just say you do it. <laughs> it's so true. Like it's, it's like it's like Nike, just do it. Yeah, Nike, just do it. <laughs> they they got that they got that same down. No, like for me, like you know, I what what keeps me really going is that you know comparing um the both like both the paths, right? So I always think about like you know the corporate nine to five path. If I continuously save money and like you know there's a pension at the end of the road and stuff, I think about it like that that that. That path has, you know, a limit. You know, you know, like what the initial outcome is, right? Compared to if you're going to go to the entrepreneurial, where the potential literally is limitless, right? Depending on how, 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 you know, how far and like how, how far you go and how much. There's so many elements of that, though. But you know, you know what I mean? Like the potential there is like so, so limitless. I feel and, like that. I thought to myself, why not? Let's just do this and go, and like, you'll see what happens, right? You just see choose who you are. Yeah, it's limitless in both ways too. There's a lot more risk to it, which is <laughs> something that I mean, we like to look at the outside of everything. Like, you know what? It's awesome. I'll go make a million dollars, two million dollars, whatever the yeah. hell it is. It's limitless. But on the other end too, it's you can get massively in debt go the other way. Exactly. Been about before. Exactly. Whereas in the corporate nine to five, you have that security around you, but security there's a trade off to it as well, right? And having more of the autonomy, do whatever you want, more or less. Balance, but, true. Yeah. It's so true. And it, there's an interesting thing that I learned recently, and I want to share with people, and it goes back to like retirement, just like having enough money to like live the life that you want. If you can figure out how much it costs you per year to live and multiply that by 25, that's how much money you need to retire. And it's actually not as big of a number as you might think. It's about $800,000. And you can, for that, you're living off $27,000 a year, which might sound low, but if you think about it, you make 70 grand, like I did uh, a little bit back. You take off 35% for taxes, you're already down to like, 48,000. And then this is assuming that you own a house outright, you're not paying mortgage. Most people pay probably about $20,000 a year in like mortgage and stuff like that or rental. And so then you're left with about 20,000. So most people live off $20,000 a year. And so if you can take that, whatever that number is, you figure out the number and multiply it by 25, that's what you need to retire. And you basically invest in the biggest ETF and you can live off that. And this is proven you can look this up and stuff like that. And there's a guy, Mr. Money Master, that talked about this. But it's not a big number, $800,000 if you think about it, to retire and really like settle down. Like, if you have a target, and this is the big thing, and a lot of people don't know what they want in life, like, they're not specific enough. If you don't know what you're working for, then you're just fucked. And so, if you can figure out this number of where you want to get to, it actually helps guide you a lot more as opposed to just like 
I want to make millions of dollars. Like, why are you an entrepreneur? Why do you want entrepreneur to be an entrepreneur for the time and freedom? But if you figure out, like, I just need $8,000, there's many ways to get that. Even if you work a job for several years, and the guy that did this actually, he worked as a software engineer in Silicon Valley, was able to retire by 30, and he's married, has a kid, they live in Southern Boulder, Colorado, and at 30, he's able to retire, right? Because he's got enough money saved up. And so it's pretty crazy if you think about it. What's his name? I feel like I've seen his Mr. Money Mustache. Yeah. And so, really cool stuff. Tim Ferriss interviewed him, but it's um, interesting if you're really looking at like minimizing your life and trying to get out of the game early. It's like, how much do you need is what it comes down to. It's, it's, it's funny you guys say that because my friend, his name is John Yatin, in Thailand, and um, he, yeah, like, he just retired as well, too. Because like, the living standards were really low, so the thing is, he had about half a million dollars. Uh, he wrote a blog about this, so like, uh, you know, I'll add that in there. But um, he, he Quick gist of it, like he took that money, he invested like in some ETFs and everything, or like you know, really saved um, uh, was it investments where it generated about four percent every year. Like bonds or something, like that probably like exactly bonds or whatever, yeah. Exactly. So that you know, roughly would bring you enough money where you just live in Thailand, okay, he travels the world, and so he just did that. He didn't realize at the time that he could have yeah. retired when he did the math and realized he did, and it's amazing, it's crazy. Yeah, I was doing the math and asking the questions. The uh, Mr. Money Mustache lives in Boulder, Colorado, somewhere, and this guy lives in Thailand. And the number for them is going to be different depending on where they are, and also what's right for them is going to be different too, depending on who they are. Which is and also having a lifestyle, like how much you want to spend. Like twenty-seven thousand yeah. dollars might be not enough to you. It's not like more than enough. So it just depends on your personality. But it, the number, the big point is not that big, right? It's yeah. like cause you don't really need like. Fifty or sixty thousand dollars, like really, like that much. Like once you have your house and your car, and it's all paid for. It's like how much money do you really need after that? It's not that much. That's lifestyle, right? Everyone's different. Like some people need a hundred k a month. <laughs> <laughs> some people are going to need just a few. That's when you're going to Vegas and getting bottle service every fucking weekend. I like bills. Bills. That's crazy. You know, I, I really want to talk about podcasting. You know, shifting gears a little bit. I really want to talk about like how. I want to know, like, what has like, has podcasting really like been a game changer for you guys? Yeah, podcasting is great. I mean, you get to hear different perspectives from people, and it allows you to reach out. Like, we we're just talking about you reaching out to some massive people, um, Derek Sivers, Derek Sivers, for example, very well known, sold company for a lot of money, has a very excellent lifestyle. And your podcast, you leverage that to reach out to some of the best people out there to ask them questions, get advice around the topics that you care about the most. So that, for myself, has been the, the best part of podcasting is you can reach out to people who you would normally never be able to contact beforehand yeah. and have awesome conversations about stuff you care about. 100%. I think, yeah, selfishly, like, I've had great conversations with people, just even on my journey, right, and learning from, like, Alexa Panos, Preston Smiles, like, really amazing transgender coaches. I came forward being bisexual last year in April. My podcast was a big shock for a lot of people, but... It just even talking to people and being able to open up and it just allowed me to move through my struggles and pain points so much more because you can seek out guests that are so aligned with your path, right? And talk to them through like, you know, what did you do for self-love in this moment? Like, what would you recommend? And so it's just amazing. And then you build friends like us and your network and people reach out to you and it's been you impact lives. Like it's been an unbelievable experience so far. I definitely value it a lot and I think it's a great platform for everybody looking to get into it. I can, you know, I want to add to that as well too. Like it, it's crazy because like if you asked me probably, I don't know, 14 months back, like would I be able to speak to you know, high influencers, you know, New York Times bestsellers? Probably not. 
now, like, podcasting is a huge game changer for me as well. Yeah, it, it's, you're right. It's like every time I go into a podcast, it's like a, it's like more old therapy session. It's, mm-hmm. it, you're trying to talk about all the struggles and everything. You, you go really upfront. Like for me, I'm a podcast. I spoke to like Chris Gilbo, and it's funny because I, I read his book. I'm a huge fan of him. I didn't think I was going to be able to talk to him, but I did. It's unreal. So podcasting is a huge game changer for me. I just only see myself doing it forever. So what's the most memorable podcast? It has to be Chris Gilbo. Because like, yeah. he, he gave me such a short amount of time, and I've never had that before, and it really pushed me on the edge of like a podcaster. So it really motivated me even more to like, pursue like, what, how to like dissect an interview nicely, how to like talk to people. It just it was really a great experience. Yeah, the next time if I ever have that situation again, then uh, yeah, for me, it's definitely pressing smile just because he said something to me about celebrating your emotions, right? And embracing who you are and not suppressing anything. That's really been a mindset and a tangent that I live with and to this day. And so if you can celebrate who you are and embrace who you are. It just makes you just show up bigger and brighter in the world. And that's what really everybody wants around you. No matter how small your circle is, your impact, if you can show up the best version of yourself and be yourself 100%. Then you're already winning, right? It doesn't fucking matter what happens after that. So Preston said, celebrate your emotions, celebrate who you are. And that just really stuck with me. And so that's been great advice. And our conversation was deep and real and raw. And I have a lot of respect for that guy. Yeah. Yeah. For myself, I'd say the most, most memorable podcast would be one that wasn't necessarily, necessarily someone who's very well known, but just having a, a very good connection um, based around more stress related topics. Just talking about breathing. Absolutely, being cold and how things can be so simple and we can overcomplicate them and it was interesting she'd actually thought about she's driving over a bridge one day and there's water below and she drove over it again and again and again and then she was going through a very rough patch in her life and she thought you know what I want to jump to the bottom of the water and just die more or less and having <laughs> that might have been inappropriate but yeah for, for people on the podcast because yeah I'll laugh at death if you want. <laughs> I just did a little movement and somebody jumping off a bridge into water. Oh, just floating yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah, having that conversation with ourselves. And that's something that everyone's had before. You know what? We've all gone through those shitty points in life and thought, you know what? Wouldn't it be easier just to jump off or <laughs> swim to the bottom? Have those moments, some in different varying levels, of course. Yeah. But nice to be able to hear that. You can have things just as simple as take a nice deep breath and have it cure that stuff. Yeah. And so much of the time we get so caught up in our own heads about all the stuff that we should be doing or shouldn't be doing. And when it comes down to it, it really gives it up about a lot of it. Really, what's the worst thing that would happen if you had this big fear happen or if you didn't go there and do something during the day that you felt like you had to? Normally, nothing. Very little. The world still goes around. You'll still have your good friends. Maybe it'll be a test of your good friends. Maybe going through a rough patch is actually going to show you who your better friends are. And a lot of the time we get so scared of that stuff to actually happen. So that, for me, was one of the, the best episodes. They're most memorable anyway. And it's fun. You can always other tell than, me how Other than this one in Yum Yum. <laughs> yum Yum. <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah. And I just need to be Mark Groves. And he was just talking about we're so afraid of losing what we can see. And we, we surround ourselves. We hold on to the things around us. What happens when we cling on to these things is we don't create space for the things that we do love to enter our life. And so we were really talking about this idea of space, letting go of things that are not 
serving you in the moment and then allowing things like, because even if your loved ones, your parents are like toxic, and I know lots of toxic parents, I coach people around like bad relationships with their parents and being toxic. Like it might sound ridiculous, but it's like, not that I recommend that you end the relationship with your parents, but it, it gets that extreme case. If you work through everything, you try, you try, you try, and you can't get through it. Sometimes removing toxic relations from your life is just the right thing to do because now you're making space for people that do love you to come into your life. And you can have a universal family. You don't need a blood biological family. There's other people that can love you and support you in many other ways. And so we just hold on to things that don't necessarily serve us. And it's key to understand that we don't have to hold on to everything that we can see in our lives because things we can't see are so much more powerful. We have to make room for that and live in the unknown. And that's another thing I've been doing. Living in a no man, that's where that's when the fun stuff happens. <laughs> you don't know what's gonna happen. Opportunity. You know, it's just it's so valuable to like just going off of what you said, like, it's so valuable for having like you guys and me, Jay and everyone, and having the circle friends because like I know I wouldn't know where I'd be without you guys, quite honestly, because like, you know, we always chat quite frequently about like things that we're struggling with, things that you know we're winning on and stuff, and like you know we always tell each other we would support each other, and I mean it in any way. I would support you guys. I would 100% download you as well, and it's so powerful to have that because like, what's that saying though? Um, you are the average of the five people you hang out with, or something. Yeah. And so true that. it's so true. Like it's so so mega true because. Um, if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't have had, like, you know, we, like, we learned so much from, from, like, from your journeys as well, too, and in my journey of, like, you all traveling Thailand and everything, and it, it was really cool, so I recommend it for you guys to, like, break off that, that toxic relationship, and then, and then realize, that's hard, that's hard, right, that, that's hard, like, when you real, when you realize that it's, that it's a toxic relationship, but, like, it's kind of hard to walk away from that, even though you know it full well, like, I know some people are just, like, refuses to go to someone else because it's like it's the fear of the other yeah it is yeah um chance is enjoying the morning boy cheers yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're like, liking it too facebook live yeah it's interesting so talk about the toxic negative people it's something i call celebrate unsung heroes day and it should be every single day <laughs> we go we go through our day and who do we remember People that piss us off. <laughs> Those are the ones that stick in our head. <laughs> I know. We don't remember the ones who are good to us. So that's the thing that I always like to do is if you're caught up in your day thinking, I hate this person, they're just dragging down on this negative, toxic hole, forget about them and think about something you should have celebrated. Just spend some time thinking about someone in your day that you actually should have celebrated. When you start looking at that and taking that different perspective, it becomes easier to start getting away from those negative people because Leaving negative people behind your life is a topic that's talked about so often, but it's hard to do. So how do you start doing that? Well, you start admiring the positive people you have in your life. You start admiring the changes that they make in your day. When you compare talking to them on the phone compared to talking to the negative friend on the phone, how do you feel at the end? Well, you're going to feel a lot more apt up, a lot more happy talking to the positive friend as compared to Eeyore on the other line. <laughs> <laughs> I like so, that. I like that analogy. Yeah. Woo! Uh-oh. Case of live just fell down. I'll fix this. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Good work, fellow. Awesome. So, yeah, celebrate on Sunny Heroes Day if you have those negative people in your life and everyone says, well, why don't you start spending time with other people? The biggest change for me is to just start spending more mental time with other people as a start. It's when you find yourself getting so caught up in those negative people in your day, think about the people you should have celebrated instead of worrying about all those negative people you had during your day and getting soaked up on that. And we now live in an era where you cannot neglect your inner mental state, right? A mindset. And 
this is why I think yoga has exploded in meditation because the internal conversation in your head is so important. And so how do you let go? The key thing is like, you, we latch on to thoughts and we take them down into rabbit holes. And so like you're saying, if somebody pisses you off, it's like, do you have the self-control to stop thinking about that person and letting them take your emotional spiral down into a shitty place? And if you can be self-aware enough, then that's when you can start thinking about other positive people because the longer we hold on to thoughts, and no one's going to do this for you, it's like it's your own thoughts, whether you're depressed, anxious, and it's way easier than done. But if you can recognize what's going on inside your own head, then you can stop, you can let go of that thought, and just watch them pass by, and then focus your energy on like the good things in life. Like it's beautiful out today. Like you have this condo in downtown Toronto, or you go in Toronto, it's nice. Like just what is positive? Is it family? Is it like the things that you have around you? Like and focus on that, and that's the first shift, right? And we all need to do that. You look at anxiety levels. Depression, it's like we all have our own internal mental battles, and can you not be subject to going down these rabbit holes? Yeah, 100%. And yeah, the self awareness topic is huge. Just being a bit further along now, I'd say it's almost you forget, and you'll see people going through the other day and they don't even know that they're pissed off. They don't even know that yeah. they're angry and their yeah. mood's been affected by someone else. So, yeah, it's uh, oh, lighting up. I like conversation on the topic of negative people. I am of the understanding that you can't help everyone, but at what time and mindset maturity does one go back to helping the negative? Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a good <laughs> question. I like that one. And, Excellent uh, question. Okay, so I will, I had a roommate and he had gambling problems, smoked a lot of weed, and I tried to help him for a long time. What I realized through that is, uh, you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't make a horse drink the water. And so it doesn't Ooh. matter how much you help. There's adages in the English language for a reason, right? Where it's like, if somebody's not open to help, and I've learned this through my coaching, like I've coached people that were uncoachable, I didn't ask for my coaching, and what's happened in recent times is like, it actually leads to our relationship deteriorating because I'm giving them advice I didn't ask for. Like Seth Godin, commercial-based marketing, like people need to say yes to you first, and if they're not willing to say yes and they're not open to what you have as a product, as advice, or helping them through their negativity, then... They're not going to listen. And if they're not listening, like your intentions are good and your heart's in the right place, but you can't help a person that's not willing to be helped when it comes down to my point of view, my experience. It's so true. Like Philip McCurdy was actually talking about this with Jay, where, you know what, like it's, it's, it's all about, you know, just eventually once you do your own thing and you're, you're, you're going towards like emotions of being an entrepreneur and everything, people will eventually gravitate to this. I remember vividly that Philip was saying that he was uh, going through the motions of like you know his whole entire career and everything, and uh, and then eventually his brother, that never his older brothers never spoke to him, never came to him for advice or anything like that, but came to him for advice on how to like you know, be vulnerable and how to develop like new relationships and everything, but never did before. So it's kind of like that adage of like you know eventually people will eventually come, right? Like uh, for the longest time, I have a little brother that I've been trying to like teach him much. Like everything I learned, I was like, oh, Kevin. <laughs> you know, like, this is what you need to do, brother. This is what you need to do. And then he just didn't, he just, if anything, he gravitated away. Yeah. Right? So <clears throat> I realized now that, you know what, I, I even told him this, like, well, it's okay. Like, if you need any help, like, come to me. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. No. Yeah, I think that when you look at parents, this is one of the topics that relates so closely to what we're talking about. As, as a parent, you can try and teach your kids all this stuff. A lot of times, they'll just back away. And you need to just give them time. And it kind of links back to the start of the conversation where we were having saying, you know, there is so much time left. As you have these friends, you have these people you care, that you love about, 
who you want to help so bad, but you try and help them, they just refuse to do it, or they just go further into this negative place. It's time, 100% it's time. People two, three, four, five years, maybe now you have to go away from that person. You have to really put that relationship on hold because it takes you into a negative place. Step away from that relationship in three, four, five, heck, maybe 10, 15 years down the road. It might take a really long time. The chances are you're going to come to those realizations on both sides of, you know what, we did have something pretty awesome here. Gravitate back to it in a much healthier state than it was before. So yeah, it can be super frustrating when you have someone in your life who's in a very negative, toxic place and you want to help them out, but they're just refusing to have that help. It's really my insight on that is you have to step away and you just have to give it time. Time is one of our biggest friends for sure. And a lot of times talk about as an enemy, but yeah, patience is huge. Waiting for people to come around. They might be in a negative space, give them five, 10, 15 years and they might not come back, but chances are they will. And also ask yourself, like, what, why do you want to help this person? Like, what, what is it serving for you? I'm obsessed with like subconscious patterns and I'm like a huge people pleaser. And it's like, I love helping people. Like, I've dated girls. One of my friends calls them wounded birds. I love dating wounded birds. I need to help them through whatever they're going on through. And so like, I have this like subconscious attractive pattern of like loving to help people that have like very, just for like, my first girlfriend was like anorexic. And it's just like, so you have to understand that, you know, is there something that's pulling you to it? Like, is it, a healthy intention where you want to help this person or is it not healthy because that's another thing like what is it serving for you like is it significant thing for yourself and so being aware of that too and if, like, if you really do want to help them to truly wholehearted place the best thing is just to lead by example right just like live your life and just like show up for them from time to time and then at some point they're going to be like hey you know what like, you seem happy like, you know, like things are moving forward for you like how can i do that and that's the best way to help somebody just to be a leader lead by example and i think that's the best thing you can do Got a mic, good mic job. Time we have. I think we're gonna be wrapping up here shortly. It is nine forty-five, and uh, I think we have some food. I'm starting. Yeah, time to go. Into Any last questions? I know we have some Facebook lives going. Yeah. Um, Thanks everyone for being on there too. Thanks for yeah. the question. Guys, like this conversation, the topic, and people. Yeah. 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 Likes, awesome. Cool. Two thumbs. Yes, amazing. What so, are we going to do in Toronto? So last words. Uh, but yeah, we can do that. Let's talk about what we're gonna do today. What's the uh, game plan? Ideas. I think what we're gonna go grab a bite and we're gonna go explore the city a little bit. Um, yeah. I'm gonna see your boy Jillian Thomas in a little bit, 12:30 30 at lunch, and then yeah. you're gonna go explore the city. And I'll show you around. Oh, the spots. Yeah. Maybe go to Steam with some brewery. Go open at 11. And so, uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. I saw, you know what, I'm willing to put like five, five bucks for sure on anyone who's willing to jump into the, like the harbor water there. Like, it looked like it was pretty fresh. Oh, Might gosh. take an ice bath. <laughs> <laughs> Calvin loves his ice dips. Yeah. Bags and just, like, it needles It might require more than five dollars. All right. Yeah. Last words. Any last thoughts you want to leave the uh, audience with on the podcast? You can use Tim Ferriss. We had a billboard. What would you put on your billboard? That's how I like it all. Uh, no. Start now, I think. Mine would be start now because, you know, now or never kind of thing. Don't regret it. Time is the most like important asset we have. It's not renewable. Once you use it, it's gone. The money literally comes and goes. Like, you know, possessions, you always get cars, you crash a car. Something which happen, you always get another car. It's not a big deal. So, um, time is what uh, what is super important. Right. So, what's on the billboard again? Start now. Start now. I like that. Mine would probably be a massive picture of my face doing this. <laughs> and it would say... It's the guns for all yeah. the podcasters and a big smile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would say, have more fun. Have more fun. I like it.
motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and mine would be do you. I'm really big on yeah, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, you're not fulfilled by it, then there's no point of really doing it. So if you I'm big on energy and if you have a powerful energy around you and you're happy and optimistic, you're gonna move more to the people who want to be around you. So the more you do you, the better off you'll be. And you'll just be happy, you'll enjoy your life. And that's really what it comes down to. All the success and bells and whistles, those are great, but they're not the most important thing, so do you. Do you. Those are some epic billboards. Yes. All right, that is it. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in on Facebook Live, on the podcast. It's been a blast. Boys, it's been a pleasure to do this. Peace out. Adios. Peace. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, my conversation with Paul and Calvin. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I didn't find it too hard to track who was speaking within the conversation. The one big takeaway I have from that episode was when Calvin talked about Jason Gagard's concept of self-worth being connected to fear. And when you have low self-worth, you're more fearful because if you are confident in yourself, then you don't have anything to be fearful of because you believe that you can do it and you have high self-worth. And so it's a very interesting way of looking at fear connected to your self-worth and really deep down, do you believe in yourself? Because it's when we believe in ourselves, we tend to take on actions that we otherwise wouldn't. And that's really what it was. And it sounds so simplistic and so fundamental. But if we can believe in ourselves, we take on different actions and so when we're fearful of something we don't have that self-worth to really go and execute on what we need to do and i thought that was an amazing idea that calvin brought up during the podcast from the event we went to with jason gaygard and so that's it for today if you enjoyed this episode pass it along to somebody who may also need to listen to it and jump onto my email list if you want occasional podcast episodes sent to you. You can go to that at philstrency.com. But thank you so much for tuning in today, and until next time.